1: It's three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackey, who didn't do he just He just sits there and looks pretty. This is the O-Line Committee. The only show in America where a fan, an idiot fan, myself, gets to ask questions, and in this case, dumb football questions, to two former NFL offensive linemen, uh, Jeremiah is insecure about his mustache today. Alex, Damn. I'm not sure if you knew that.
2: It's a little, thick. little porn stash up there, dude. I got a little. I got a little
3: my, my half Mexican's coming out. Dude, you, uh, I am half Mexican, by the way, so I can say that.
2: Wow, <laughs>
1: look at you. It would be weird Just if to you clarify. weren't, I guess. Just yeah. I was going to say,
2: that would be a little bit weird. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's looking like
3: awfully uh, Don't say rough it. today. I'm not. Don't I'm looking rough today, though. I know what you wanted to say. I'm allowed within 300 feet of a school. Leave me. Alone. <laughs> I got to pick my kids up from daycare today. Don't, look, don't do this to me. Leave me alone. He
1: looks like a 16th century like French artist or something. Is what I was going to go with. A starving him. artist. I'm just a very opposite
2: artist. of what I was going with. But okay, yeah, I like that. I know where you were going. Uh huh. You sure do. Oh,
1: yeah. gosh. I can see. I can see, remember that to catch a predator show on NBC. That's
3: exactly where I was going with this.
1: That show for guy, pizza.
2: I'm Chris Hansen. Guy, Chris, I'm Chris
3: Hansen. Come in. Have a seat. Who are you? Guys are always like, who By are the you? Way, the, the Chris Hansen episode of South Park might be a top five South Park episode of all time. <laughs> yes. It's so good. It's, it's hilarious. The same one with he Man would-
1: Bear Pig. He would come oh. in and he would like, you know, you know of course, like the, the, the perpetrator would be like, well, so why, why don't you calm down here? It wasn't me. I swear to God. I've got 14 pages of yeah. transcripts here. Uh, come on in. Bro. Are you here? Are you here with have a 12 pack of Budweiser to see a 13 year old right now? You might no, it's for me. it's yeah. for me.
2: It's <laughs> for
3: me. It's going to help him move. <laughs>
2: Dude, and true story we were When we lost to USC my senior year at Ohio State The plane got delayed for some reason So we had to go stay in the hangar And they brought out TVs And we had to watch To, to Catch a Predator For like hours, <laughs> and hours And hours And it was popcorn and that show And it was one of the harshest things we ever to do Because we just lost And it was like, God, this is terrible Why well, are you what, wearing
1: a robe and holding a rack of ice uh, cubes right now?
2: There's some things that are sir, just
3: Sir, <laughs> sir, sir That, that poor really guy hot no not so bored. anyhow
0: no no uh, not that chris Hansen, start. You, man? good yeah. start
3: mackie great start to the right.
0: pod
1: some dumb football questions here yeah let's do this so all right we uh each episode here we've been doing this weekly and by the way if you're new to the o-line committee thank you for discovering us please click subscribe and the like button on our youtube channel and also you can find these dumb football questions episodes on apple and spotify and anywhere you find podcasts so uh, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review can help us grow the lifestyle here, but you can submit your dumb football questions and we will ask them to Alex and Jeremiah. So let's actually start with this one here. I've, there's like three or four people that have asked some variation of what is the conversation like as a player when you get cut from an NFL team? Oh. So we've seen some of nope. this on Hard like Hard nope. Knocks has kind of opened the door a little nope. bit for this, right? But no, no I'll start I'll start. I will not finish so I will I've, not finish. I, come on it's no a you're space. not for
3: sure you're for sure finishing um <laughs> so I was truly only cut twice um I was really cut twice one of them was my rookie year um in San Diego where I was cut but then put on practice squad right so that conversation went got a phone call from the GM like Jeremiah hey we have to release you because of rules you didn't make our active roster but we're going to sign you back when you clear waivers tomorrow uh, to our practice squad, right. So that was a huge win for me as an undrafted guy. The second time I really got cut was um, not really like an after training camp. It was after 2017 with the Vikings. They basically were just like, "Hey, we're not, we're not signing you, right? We're just, we're not signing you again. We're gonna let you test the market. We might bring you back. We might not. But like, we're not actively pursuing to re-sign you." Um, that one stung. And then I guess I got cut three times in Carolina after I got hurt. I got injury released. I was like, "Hey, you're hurt." You know, we can't keep you on IR because we want to bring you back when you're healthy, you know, but we have to just put you – so we just have to straight-up injury release you and send you home. And that one stung the most because it was a soft tissue injury. It was, an, it was a hamstring injury, which is only going to be like a two-week injury, and I actually was starting for the Panthers at that point, and I was on track to be the starting <laughs> so right So they were tackle. looking
1: for a reason to break up with you, basically.
3: Well, I mean, it just – we had so many wild injuries. Matt Khalil was on the team and had a knee scope, so he was going to miss some time, so he was on IR to to return. Um uh, the starting right tackle, um, Darnell uh, Daryl, 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 Daryl uh, Johnson, I believe he was an All-Pro right tackle for them. Number sixty, I can't think of his last name. Daryl Williams, I think maybe I can't. Oh yeah, 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 Daryl Williams. Right, Daryl Williams, but like he had a knee dislocation during training camp. that uh, like, wasn't uh, enough to put him out for the year, so he was going to be on IR intent to return. And then we had another guard who had a knee scope who was on IR. So like it was just like too many guys that they had on IR intent to return. And so I just ended up getting released. And I, that one stung the most. I was super pissed and drove 18 hours straight home from Carolina all the oh. way straight back to Lincoln, just fuming mad, fuming mad. That, that, was the, that was the toughest one for me. Alex, what was the toughest one for you? I think I, uh, I, think I, can, I, think I can remember this one. But I'm not going to talk about I'll that. I'll tell time. the story. I know the story. I'll tell it if you don't. Listen. Do you want to control the narrative? This is or your, or your want chance to? to shine right do you, now. Do you want to control the narrative or do you want me to? All right. I've been
2: cut twice in my career. I've been cut twice. I've been cut twice in my career. First time I was a rookie, I just came in undrafted. They cut me. They said the same thing. We want you back, obviously. We need you to continue to grow. My situation was a little bit different. Obviously, Jeremiah kind of knows it. (laughs) I was mostly on house arrest for the first year. Like They were like, listen, if you can prove to us that you can be good for a year and stay out of trouble, you can continue to play football for us. And I was like, sweet, I will do anything. So I did exactly what they told me. I was literally at the facility at times at like 2 in the morning still working out because I was like, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. They're like, we want you here all night working out. So I'd go home at 2, come back at 6, continue working out. Like whatever made them happy, I did. The second time I got cut – Was really kind of hurtful and it uh it sucked because I had a lot of friends that I loved that I did a lot of crazy things for and I would have continued to do and I kind of got pinned against the head man and Jay knows me I'm not really going to take anybody's shit ever and that's just because I've worked my ass off to be in this league but Me and Zimmer didn't see eye to eye from day one. There's no question, we were oil and water. I'm super funny and energetic and I wanna have a good time, but Jeremiah will tell you I'm always down to grind. I'm always down to grind. There's never a no switch. Zim is not like that. He was very the opposite. So we kinda had riffed a lot during the year. At times when he brought guys down, I was like, please don't do that because I have to bring them back up. And it's really hard for me to navigate with when you do it to more than one guy. We have to continue bringing up multiple people a week to make them happy and reassured that they belong to play in this league when you tear them down constantly. And they do it publicly, you do it in front of the team, you do it privately in our room. Like, it's just not appreciated. I was always told that I was an idiot and I should move on. And then finally, at the end, my knee was really bad. And obviously, everybody knows now I need a total knee replacement. At the time, I needed a total knee replacement too. And I was like, we can make this work. Jay knows me. I'm never going to say no. I'm down to ball. And I was kind of playing Hurt and Zim knew, And so he came to me one day and we just, we got into it in his office and he was, he called me in and I knew it was a bad day because I went in on cut day and you never go in on cut day. And Mary called me and was like, Mary Redmond, I love her to death, but she made it seem like it was something else. Cause she was like, I was like, Mary, nobody comes in on cut day unless it's a bad day. And she was like, no honey, I promise you, Mike just wants to talk to you about a quick thing. And I was like, oh boy. I called my agent was like this is it buddy here we go you get put you put your boxing gloves on we're going in I literally <laughs> walked in and I I tried to go find my my dude Tony I couldn't find him so I went into the office and we sat down and he was like hey uh, I'm gonna bench you for Nick Easton and I started laughing and I was like okay go ahead because this was right after I had taken care of some things in my knee and it felt a lot better a lot better and so I had had a week of practice where I was just murdering dudes. And I was like, all right, cool. Pull up the film. I want to see it. He was like, "Wow, well, we don't need to pull up the film. I was like, listen, smart ass. You want to be a smart ass? I'm telling you to pull the fucking film up. I want to see it now. Show me what you think is wrong. He's like, we don't need to do this right now. I'm like, we're doing it. You want to call me in here? You want to call me out? I'm ready to fight back. And he was like, all right, well, you're not benched, but you're on a short leash and you know how that set me off. And I was like, I'm not on anybody's goddamn leash. Don't ever talk to me like I'm a dog. And I started kind of going crazy. He went crazy, probably kicked the door in, walked out, was like, I'm done with this. Left, Tony called me and was like, wish I could have protected you. Which, I don't know. I love Tony to death and I miss Tony a lot. And I really, really do. Me and Tony had some really dark, deep conversations because he knew I was in pain and I knew he was in pain. So we kind of leaned on each other.
1: Tony Sperano, by the way, right? Yeah. For the the audience, Tony Sperano.
2: So I knew Tony was in a bad place. And I loved Tony to death. And I begged him to retire because I knew how much he loved his grandkids. And I saw him light up every time he was around them. And I almost fought. Who was the running back? Chuck Foreman. I almost fought Chuck Foreman for him. Yeah. Like me and Tony were boys. And so then I ended up going to Arizona... And, uh, you know, everything happened here, but it was just different. And it was hard to go through. And it's kind of like, a, I'm not sure how to get myself out of this one. Like, I've never said no to you. I've always been here for you. You know how broken I am right now. Like the back broke, knee broke, knocked out completely, trying to play through that. Like everything and like to come at me like that, I didn't, I just thought it was kind of disrespectful. Like he could have easily sat me down and been like, dude, listen, you're not fooling anybody. We know you're hurt. Just tell us what hurts and we'll fix it. It was just me being like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine," because I'm so afraid that they're gonna be like, "Boone's hurt. Oh, dude. You know, like." So it was it, sound, it
1: was more about like the way that it was delivered. Oh, absolutely. That, was there a way to have that conversation about, "Hey, we're, we are gonna move forward here, but, dude, we love you." Like it was, it was well, something. Like it was more been, about the communication. And-
2: I wish it would have just been like, "Hey, Boone, I know you're hurt, buddy. Why don't we just put you on the pup, okay?" We'll get you back to normal, we'll get you healthy. We, you've been going through a lot, like get, let's work with you. And the funny thing was when I left, my agent had no idea what was going on. Spielman was trying to get a hold of me and I didn't realize that he was. I was talking to my agent the whole time. And, and I guess after he, he was on his way to drive to my house, my agent called him because I was so infuriated that this had just happened, and I was like, I can't believe I'm so broken. And I did all this for this guy, and he literally just spit in my goddamn face. Like I, my wife was like, she. I came home, and I remember I punched the front door, the two double doors, and they just, whoa. And I was like, it's game on on someone's face. And my wife was like, I have to go get my hair done. I'm gonna yeah. leave you here <laughs> with the kids. And I remember it was funny because in the moment, I remember going from a 10 and Jeremiah knows me the minute I'm around the kids, I go to a zero. Like I'm never mad. And I'm like, okay, you get that done. But when you come home, I got some things. To go. So she, <laughs> she leaves. Apparently there was no hair appointment. She called my agent. Like, yo, I don't know what just happened, but he is on the war path. And he was like, I know I'm on my way up. Spielman's on his way over to talk to him, to try and be like, listen, this is not coming from me. You are not cut. We're not letting you go. And he's like, I told him not to come. And my wife was like, why would you do that? Like, Spielman should come over and talk like he's probably the only one that could calm Alex down right now if he was just like yo dude we're this is not me we're not cutting you we're gonna fix you you're fine so we found that out later but you know you live you learn sometimes it sucks sometimes it doesn't I think a lot of people look at it and they're like oh you got cut you're like dude it's a business right like sometimes guys get cut because they're like you're really really good but we just got enough players on the team right and we can we can live with not having you on our team and it's it sucks at times, especially because you see your friends get cut, and you're like, man, this sucks. I really enjoyed being with this guy. Like, when I left, I got, like, a million text messages from all the dudes. Like, dude, I have no idea what's going on. I'm really going to miss you. I cried, dude. I was so sad. Yeah, I was like, it's, it's a hard I'm, thing to do. I love these guys here. Like, I was – Kendricks was my locker mate. He's one of my best friends. We talked all the time. Anthony Barr, B-Rob, like, all those guys. Ev. I mean, we were – offensive guys, you know, I mean, we just, we had so much fun here. And I think a lot of it was because there was so much torment above us that we were so forced to join together and be like, Hey, you're my best friend forever. Like I
3: talked to Jeremiah and I are best friends to this day. He's one of my number one guys. Yeah, I mean, my I drove, years. I drove over to his house. Cause I knew he was on the warpath. I didn't even have to call him. I just, I knew it was going to happen. Like I just drove over to his house and he was in his garage, just lifting. I was like, buddy you just got." He's like, "He's like, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play this year." I was like, "Sure thing, man." And like, we just kind of chilled out in his garage for a while. But, I mean, a long answer to that question is every cut situation is very unique, especially when you talk about veterans. Like the end of camp cuts with like undrafted guys, first year, second year players are pretty standard, which is like, "Hey, you're just, you know, you did a great job for us. You know, you just didn't, you weren't a top eight receiver, or you weren't a top ten of our offensive line. You weren't one of the best five, right?" Like. Those conversations, but it's when you start really getting into the vet cuts; those are where it starts getting a little hairy because now you're also talking about money, guaranteed money. Hey, we're going to try and trade you first, or like right. there's a lot of disrespect that is felt when veterans are cut, especially that are on long term deals. Like those vet cuts get really hairy, but it's all majority of the same thing. Of it's a business, we felt like you weren't one of the best five. Yada yada yada. We had to do this because of X Y Z. Like, but really, at the end of the day, most of the time you get cuts because you didn't play well. Like right. that's really, at the end of the day, it's about football, you know, but there's always nuances to when guys get cut. I can tell you there is a
2: funny story from being here. Remember Berger's story about the dude from Miami? Yeah. There was a vet, and I can't remember his name, but he had ordered a gun, right? And it just so happened to be delivered the day he got cut, right? So the guy from the gun shop calls him and is like, hey, your gun's in. He's like, all right, cool, I'll come pick it up later. Well, then they called him and were like, hey, come in, we need to see you. is a veteran. and. They go in, they're like, hey, we're going to release you today. And he's like, whoa, dude, like out of control. All right, I, I mean, I understand. So I guess like the next day he goes in in the middle of the day to pick up the gun. And the guy's like, hey, why are you not at work? He's like, oh, I got cut. <laughs> guy's like, sure you want this? Are you sure we're good? He's like, oh, no, no. He's like, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with this. I'm on my way to, t- or I'm on my way to like Carolina. I just need to get it and I'm out of here. The guy was like, all right, buddy. He was like, dude, my friend, my boy was like, Worst time to go pick up a gun and <laughs> just, tell him I got just, cut. Just a, a little cooling off
1: period here, yeah. guy. Just real quick. I got cut gun. yesterday. <laughs> I lost my job. And you know, Berger, man. I'm not doing so well. Yeah.
2: Berger was like the <laughs> nicest guy in the world. So coming from him, it was just the funniest story. But yeah. there, there's stories like that, and I think at the end of the day, we all get it. It's a business I mean, you understand.
3: I it. saw, I saw guys get cut in the shower, like uh, literally. Like I was, I, we were, we was cut day on 2016 or 17. I can't remember whatever the year it was. We were in Minnesota and i was talking to my buddy i was like dude let's shower let's get the hell out of here like let's not be here like this is the worst day ever to be here and like literally so we're trying to shower and get out of there and like this dude has soap in his hair like <laughs> and all of a sudden this guy pops <laughs> his head guy pops his head into the shower hey 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 zach coach needs to see you and i was just like damn it i look over at zach and he's just staring into the water <laughs> and it's just hitting him in the face and i was like <laughs> all right buddy uh Call me later. It, like just left. Like it. Cut day is the worst. Like when teams yeah. make you come in on cut day, it's bad. It's so like in practice. We practiced before cut day. Practiced right, and all of a sudden so you're trying to get out there, and then you're watching your buddies pack their lockers up, and like you don't know what to say to them. Like oh man, I'm sorry, it didn't work. Like cut days, is, the, like you trying to avoid the facility because you're literally watching a dream die.
1: Would you yeah. rather just like get a text? Like do, like no 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 yeah. no. You no. want not it to that, be it's wanted...
2: just. You you know who the Grim Reaper is, and the minute you see him, and he goes up to somebody, you just instantly feel for that person. Like, dude, yeah. I'm really sorry, man.
3: Like, because you because you work just as hard as they have. Like, so you work hard. The work is the same. No one worked yeah. less. I mean, sure, some guys might have worked less hard, which is why they got cut. When right. you watch guys that you were grinders with, and like you were battling for spots, and you're battling for everything, like, and you watch them get cut, like, you feel it. Like, you yeah. feel their pain. You feel like the dream because you're you're riding that knife edge too, right? It can go either way and like you just you can really sympathize with that feeling of being cut because it is just a heart-wrenching gut pulling out type of feeling.
1: Can you I know? just say too like I don't know. I mean Alex, you've told that story behind the scenes. I don't know if I've ever heard you tell me behind the scenes that's like all the details and stuff, but I feel like I'm glad you told that story. Because it just, it feels to me like an outsider looking in that that has weighed on you kind of a lot the last five or six years. And so I don't know if it's all for you to just tell that story and kind of be, I feel like you've been dancing around that story on radio and podcasts for like for six years. years. But like, yeah. it's, you know, enough time has passed. You're both out of the league now for right. at least the last couple of years. And, and it's, it's, and it's your truth, dude. Like you should tell that story how you want to.
3: And another reason it that story there and like what Alex and I went through is part of the reason why we're in the space that we're in yes. for our professions 100. now. It's part of the reason I got into being an agent to help mentor guys through shit like that. It's part of the reason Alex got into the training game and why we work so well together, because those are things that coming into the league you don't think about. Like you can't right? You You don't think about cut day. You don't think about what it's like to be cut. And when you do get cut, like, it is a lonely freaking place. It is. It is a lonely freaking place. And, like, if you don't have a team that you can fall back on of people that you trust and people that you know are there for you, and, like, my partner says it all the time, like, you surround yourself with – you surround yourself with people that will go out the back door with you when there's a fight, right? Like, and when that you get cut, you're going out the back door alone. And so it's why we got into this space. It's why we want to be with young players and help them through every step of this because – it's a really, really lonely place. And to piggyback on that, that's also why I partnered with TCO.
2: And that's why I do everything with them is because for years, hiding injuries was kind of our thing. Like, everybody was like, shut up, you're fine. And now we're starting to see like, I would love to still be playing. I can't because I have no knees. But at the same time, if somebody would have been behind me, like, hey, let's just get these looked at. Let's just get these checked out. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody in my corner, like, hey, there's something really not right here. We need to get this looked at. Instead of everyone being like, you're fine. You're fine. We're good. We're good. Like, Eventually, the mind takes over and is like, we're not good, dude. We are literally walking sideways up every staircase. Like I tell the guys all the time that come through Jeremiah's group, I I don't want you guys to have to walk like us. I don't want your fingers looking like us. I want you to get you fixed.
3: That's why we chose TCO. Seriously. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a method to our madness, but a lot of it is because of how cutthroat the business side is.
1: Do you want a lighter one here for our last uh, yeah, dumb football go. question? I mean, those are good questions. I mean, mean, that's great why, question. it's, it's
3: why we started this podcast, too, like yeah. to let people in behind the curtain. Like, it's, it's not always Sunday night football and the lights are on. Like, it's not like that all the time. It's why I said a few episodes back, like, fun of the NFL is 50% for me. The other 50% was this dark cloud that we just talked about. That's right. a very real thing for so many players. Like, that's why we want to start this podcast, so people can start to see more behind the scenes of what this looks like.
1: Yeah. Amen. man, it's, uh, I mean, I just like some of these stories, too. It's like it's not it doesn't it's hard to relate if you haven't been in an NFL locker room to some of the stuff that gets talked about and happens. And so it's fascinating just to be pulling this curtain back and mm. kind of being a, a passenger here. So I have one more for you guys from it's from I M M K nine nine eight eight on the YouTube. Okay. <laughs> and he says, uh, dumb question. Can you discuss the behind the scenes? So I was a couple episodes ago, a couple weeks ago, we did the how do you offensive lineman how do you lose a bunch of weight Mm -hmm. at the end of your career? We did that whole thing. So this one is: Can you discuss the behind the scenes effort it takes for offensive linemen to fuel and maintain their bigger bodies when they're playing? I'm curious about meal planning, cooking at home, hiring personal chefs, nutritionists, how organizations feed players at the facility, etc. Like how do you in, a, in as healthy is, of a way as possible remain 315 pounds or whatever
2: this is a deep question because i feel like it could start on a simple level and then you start talking about different f- facilities like i'm curious to see what buffalo's facility was like in the panthers like to how they ate
3: yeah i mean every facility is different in the quality of food in which you eat like there's certain facilities that take nutrition very seriously now i will say this part of what was hard about having a team nutritionist is you never really could trust if that team nutritionist was going to be a mouthpiece to the GM or not. You know, so if you went to a team nutrition, you're like, Hey, I'm having trouble keeping weight on, or I'm having trouble keeping weight off. Like you never knew if that was going to then sneak back to the GM that -hmm. might not be used against you that year, but might be used against you in a contract year. Right. Like, so that was part of like why a lot of people didn't trust the team nutritionist, you know, but overall, like food wise, like I wish I would have had more nutrition knowledge and background to understand like how many protein I really needed to eat, like what's the right amount of carbs, fats to maintain. But eventually you kind of get that really geared up towards training camp. But when it comes season time, it's just calorie intake. Like you can't eat enough of anything, right? Like, I mean, Alex and I were both guys that, I mean, we would be stuffing our faces full of hamburgers or whatever we could on a Thursday night to just (laughs) get to the weight that we needed to weigh in at. You know and so like that stuff i wish i would have taken more seriously to be able to maintain um you know but it's really just a lot of planning and preparation because if you don't plan what you're supposed to eat you're not going to have enough food like that's just a really simple way now there's a ton of different like i know alex did keto for an entire (laughs) couple years right like (laughs) people try different things and i don't i mean i think everyone's unique in the in the way that they have to maintain their body you know but the biggest thing is just as soon as you start the downhill spiral of a of a bigger guy of losing weight at a rapid weight during season You're never going to catch back up just because the amount of calories you're outputting every single day.
1: So wait, so you, so so you, you did keto as an NFL player for a couple weeks.
3: Jay, why would you say that?
2: You know why? You got to explain it. You tried it. Yeah. So we came, uh, we did keto one whole year, and it was really, really hard. And we kind of did keto along with a fasting program in the off season so it was like you would wake up and fast till noon and then you would eat till like six or four and then you would shut it down for the rest of the day and so it Mm -hmm. was like as many calories as you could and i think a lot of the things that we were trying was to get because we all knew we were kind of broken and so it was like what's the simplest way to help keeping our body the healthiest and everybody always leans on the stay away from carbs right like carbs causes inflammation so it's like well not all carbs do so it's like. In our gym, we were like, no, let's get rid of all carbs and see what happens. And yeah, we all ended up getting stronger. Was it harder to keep it on? Absolutely, dude. Like, I, Jay, Jay knows how much I sweat. I sweat a lot. So the minute I'm, I'm like pounding down steaks, but we did a lot of different things. And I think the one thing that was the best for us was honestly, as long as you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you, there are times where you're like, dude, I'm tired. I don't want to eat. And guys, are like, dude, just eat. That walkthrough is going to be serious today. Eat. Like you have to just pound as much food as you can because you're constantly in training camp, you're working out in the morning, you're going through walkthroughs in the afternoon, you're getting a quick lunch and you're going right out to practice and then you're trying to finish up a lift like there's just constant sweating, like you're always taking in food. And to be fair, in Frisco, it was super easy because the food there was phenomenal. Like when I got there, we ate out of a, a tent and this company would come cater it and it was okay. You know, and the Raiders, we heard at the time, were eating out of a food truck, so we kind of always laughed at them, like, what a a bunch of idiots, they got to go up to a food truck and order, (laughs) losers, like here we were going outside in a tent, freezing our ass off at 6.30 in the morning, because it's cold in Cali in the morning, and you're like, can I get a three egg omelet, (laughs) but then when, when when harbaugh got there he was like this is garbage we're getting a real cafeteria so you end up putting in a like a gourmet cafeteria so you'd go in and get like bison burgers every night they do like three pound tomahawk steaks any way you wanted them like oh. you could just so it was easy out there like you would cost oh you know what the greatest two was they would have the oozes come in and they would do the hog in the ground on the Fridays. So then they would pull it up and they'd bring it out to us to eat and like Guy Fieri would come and we would, he'd, he'd cook for us. Dude, it was so easy to keep weight on there. But then you come to a place like Minnesota at times where it was like, it's hard to keep weight on here. Like it was, don't get me wrong, chicken wing day was the best. Mm. Especially when, remember we figured out it was called apricot? apricot. Remember we fought Fusco forever? We're like, dude, it's apricot. It's apricot, bro. It's
3: apricot. No, it's
2: an apricot. <laughs> but you know it's and i think too people think that you eat like super healthy and you do like for most of the time but in camp i feel like there's a lot of the rules that go out the window like we ate it's a lot of insomnia cookies.
3: it's just calorie
2: intake you that have way. to crush it especially because they're moving you working hardball would split the team so you'd have 150 plays each a day and
3: you were just you gotta go and eat yeah you try and you try i always tell guys like And this is the thing that guys make mistakes as young players, too, is they come into August at peak nutrition, like at the beginning of August, like they're at peak, right? They've reached their hundred. It's impossible to maintain that level of nutrition, that level of intake all the way through till January. Like you have to come into August at about 80 percent and build through August with your nutrition, with your weight and everything so that you're hitting 100 percent at week one. Because you see guys happen all the time at the end of the year, you get so fatigued. Right. You're just it's a war of attrition. The NFL is a giant war of attrition. And so it's all about building up until September. Like, yes, you have to be ready to go in training camp, but you have to be building still through training camp of your conditioning level, your nutrition level, your strength level to make sure that you're firing all cylinders in September. If you're firing all cylinders August 1 come December, it's just impossible. your body can't keep going. Your body can. That's where the. You have to start eating unhealthy or pounding protein shakes or chugging water before a workout or like your your lifts start to suffer which then your strength starts to suffer which then like Mm. it just spirals out of control for guys you know so that's something that guys have to learn too as young players is how to start ramping up so that you're not blowing it all out too early and that's a
2: hard thing too to do because when you're in camp you're beating your body up so much that the last thing you want to do is what Eat. Get in a weight room. Mm-hmm. You're just like, dude, I don't want to lift. And you're like, dude, you, this is what you're trading your body for. To go out there and get into 65 car accidents and come back in here and squat 500 pounds. Like, you have to tell the body, this is nothing. I need to get this done. And then we're done for the day. And a lot of guys, like Jeremiah said, they come in and they're like, what is this? And you're like, this a lot, dude. You got to be eating around the clock. Like, How many times would we just throw bars in our bags and go sit in a room and just scarf down bars mm-hmm. all day? And you know what's the worst? When you have good rookies. And they bring like Sour Patch Kids and like Sour Skittles. And you're like, hey, what's in the back of the room? And they're like, oh, dude, Jolly Rancher gummies. You're like, listen, let me get like four packs of those. Bring them up. (laughs) <laughs> matter of fact just bring me the whole bring, me the whole, bring 20, me the whole drawer
3: 2016 uh we had a box in the back like one of those old school like toolbox lock boxes yes. that we'd have the rookie stuff full of snacks and i mean snack snacks like ho-hos ding-dongs Ugh. like reese's and then we they kept like also we're like where are all our freaking snacks and the people were coming and stealing them because they knew the old line room had the snacks so then we put a padlock on it we had a lock and key and people came in and they're like oh hey man what Whatever, like, you, you were the one that stole it. You are not allowed in here. And the only people that had the codes were the old linemen and the quarterbacks. And they <laughs> were the du- only ones allowed to eat our snacks.
1: Dusted, right. dusted for fingerprints, dude. Absolutely. Oh, Just dude, that's the snacks. worst. It's a matter like of
2: And the coaches come in, like, they have a question. They're like, "Oh, snacks. You're like, dude, get out. You didn't have a question. They're, oh, bro, your rookies <laughs> are the best.
1: <laughs> old Mackadak's problem has been that. Uh, sometimes he's eaten like this in his life, but without the working out. That's where mm. you get into, into problems. <laughs> Uh, you get by the way, real quick. We got to go here, but uh, it reminded me of, like the Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, where 10, he, there was a thousand like, oh, calories a day. Yeah, yes, that was he, was, he, he had to eat ten thousand calories a day because of he was doing like three a day swimming workouts. You know, total body. I mean, there My was God. during
3: camp. I think I probably tried to consume between six and eight, like during training camp. Like you try between six oh. and eight thousand calories, just because your output would be. I mean, you're up early, you're not sleeping, so you're not burning. Like, you're just burning calories nonstop all day long for six to eight weeks.
2: And you're stressed, so you're really burning the shit yes. out of those calories. And that's what the <laughs> hardest part is like, you're stressed out, you're beat up, you're sore, and then everyone's like, dude, let's go eat. You're like, I don't wanna move. Yeah. Come on, stupid. We gotta go eat, or you're gonna die later today, okay? <laughs> like, let's get going. <laughs> I don't wanna move, dude. Yeah. It, it, dude, it's really hard at times. And like Jeremiah said, to eat 8,000 calories in a day alone is hard and then when you throw on top of it you're sore and you're tired and you'd rather just take a nap and i mean a lot of people you know what i feel like a lot of people resort to too is like those shakes everyone leans on a shake eventually like dude just put everything in it as many calories just drink as you your can cows yeah, yeah throw
3: peanut butter in there i don't throw care Put three it in of it. protein like just put banana <laughs> like I don't care what it tastes a squirrel, like squirrel just like, whatever you i don't can care fit. what it tastes like throw some spinach in there so it's got some <laughs> greens in there and just call it <laughs> just a, a little day. bit just a little <laughs> bit a <Yeah, laughs> little bit of spinach <laughs> maybe some kale other than that like just calories please you get those <laughs> little flakes in there on the side like, i will oh. say i watched dwight freeney my rookie year he was in year 14. he made bison for breakfast lunch and dinner every single day and he had his own little thing that he cooked it in like that was the most like nutrition strict guy i ever met like he was, he ate. When he had same like a like thing. a
1: foreman like a foreman grill in the it locker was, room I don't or know something. What it
3: was. It was this thing that he like he put a like glass jar on like a glass lid on it, and then it like circulated. Like it looked like a microwave, but it wasn't. And it just like convection oven cooked it. I almost think it was like an air fryer before an air fryer existed. Yeah. Like because he was Dwight Freeney, probably just like. Had a secret had code with someone that was like, "Hey, here's this new thing we're doing."
1: It was like a black market of like yeah, early air fryers. I, like I'd or never something.
3: seen anything before in my life. It was 2014, and yeah, every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, he would have. Then the only time I saw him cheat on it was after wins. He always had his ke- bottle of Kettle One in the back. Always <laughs> had his bottle of Kettle One.
1: Yeah, the lean way to get a buzz, I guess. Yeah. Little, mm, little little Bison, kettle little, bison little Kettle. Bison
2: nope. meat and kettle one, strong. <laughs> spin spin move, game's on, control. spin moves, spin moves galore, baby. Hey, we're if starting to go together. Here,
3: once you yeah. turn twenty-one, just bison and kettle.
2: Let's Dude. go. Hey, I've seen some crazy diets like that. Come on, you know you've seen
1: some things before. Oh, yeah. Some
2: games where you're like, nope, 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 that's not legal. That's yeah. not. That's, Don't that. need Don't, Don't eat that.
1: that. If you guys have any more questions, too, like I, these nutrition conversations are fun. So if you guys have more questions, hit us up. Always send us your dumb football questions in the YouTube comments. And again, click like and subscribe. And bonus points if you ask a question that triggers a rant from Alex that lasts more than five minutes, too. I think Mm. those are ones we're we're on the hunt for. So uh, this is an Offensive Line Lifestyle podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the O-Line Committee.